episode 10, The Pink Shirt, aka How to Win at Marriage and Kids. In this episode, we interview Lindsay's parents, they share how they met, what it was like raising four kids, and how they have stayed married for 37 years. In the upcoming episodes, we're going to be discussing marriage, debt, and pornography. Send us any questions or advice you have in regards to those topics. You can email us at confessionsofuspodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Facebook or Instagram. Thanks for listening. This is Lindsay. And this is John. And this is Confessions of Us. Woo! Awesome. So today... We didn't do that right. We were going to say, and Nancy and Gary. <laughs> we changed it, remember? Did we? Yes. When did we do that? Like right before we started. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay, hey, everybody. We have a guest. Guess, Two. Guests. Two guests. <laughs> Who are my, guests, babe? My mother and my father, Gary and Nancy. Oh, watch out. Yep. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Glad to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Where are we at right now, babe? We are in a walk-in closet. But we are oh. in Payson. We're in Payson, visiting on, your family. Yeah, on vacation. Having a good time. Yeah. it's This house has been fantastic. It's been yeah. a great time. We've been swimming, going to the river, eating food, playing good games. Food. Yeah. Playing on the trampoline. All that good stuff. Playing oh. catch. Yeah, we heard you hit the house. Oh, you did? <laughs> no, that was Justin. Oh, okay. I couldn't sure catch did. it. Yeah, I couldn't catch the ball. Chasing grandkids. Chasing grandkids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of kiddos. Oh, Playing charades. Dad, dad made great breakfast last night. Mm -hmm. Last night? I mean this morning? I'm sorry. <laughs> this morning. Yeah. Made great breakfast. Yeah, we did play charades last night. What was the best one? Yours. What, what, puberty. What? <laughs> puberty. <laughs> Your expressions for puberty were uh, priceless. Well, you can't vocalize anything. So, I mean, I had to do what I thought would be the easiest. Would you like to explain everybody sure. how you did puberty? Um, yeah, I just was basically trying to show show him pubes when you get going to puberty. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, not like... That, that you get... She, oh. <laughs> not like that, show show, but just that you get, leaving the... That you get hairy as, yeah, you, as you go through puberty <laughs> is what she was getting at. Yeah. So... Anyway, Shazam! Big Shaz explosion! Like, yes, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it was a good time. Great time. Yeah, that's always fun. Mm. Um, so what do we? What's the plan today, Linz? All right, we're going to talk to my parents, ask them just their exam, their experience growing up. Tell they're going to tell us a little bit, a little bit about themselves, and then we're just going to talk about parenting and their experience with that, and just. They're going to give yeah. us some tips and tricks. How long have you guys been married? 37 years. 37 years, everybody. That's Pretty wisdom impressive. right there. Yeah. If you haven't killed yourself by year 35, I think that's that's a win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah and it gets better and better. Yeah. So they just, they're full of wisdom and they have an amazing family. They've raised a bunch of great kids. Um, they have a whole gaggle of uh, grandkids. And not only do they love being parents, they love being grandparents, uh, and they actually like each other. After 37 years. Wow. So, yeah, right. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> oh, it took 37 years. <laughs> so we just, we, yeah, we wanted to um, get their wisdom and just some of their knowledge about uh, marriage and kids and how they made it all work um, and share it with you all because uh, they're a success story and you don't hear enough success stories. We yeah. need more of those in our lives. So. Read. All right. Mom, why don't you start us off? Tell us a bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I grew up in Utah in a family with uh, seven girls and no boys. My dad owned a pharmacy. 
So we worked at the pharmacy from the time I was in third grade. My dad was intentional about that because he worked a lot of hours and he wanted us to be with him. So we have lots of um, good experiences from that, have a lot of fun memories, learned responsibility early and how to work hard. Um, I, yeah, tell me, I want to hear your, either your funnest memory from the pharmacy or (laughs) just a memory, a funny one. There's a couple of them that come to mind. My sister and I used to stand behind the counter and take pea shooters. They're like, I don't know if you know what those are anymore. They're like big straws and we would shoot peas at the customers. It's hilarious. (laughs) And duck down. <laughs> My dad learned all of this a lot later. Oh, gosh. And then um, we had the, he had an intern. My dad had an intern in the pharmacy, and uh, he used to chase us around with a, with a grease pencil <laughs> and draw mustaches on us. What's a grease pencil? It's, a, it's like a black marker, but it wipes off right. almost. Right. You can write on metal with it. Oh. You know, we used it like in the food industry. You can write it on stuff. That's yeah. funny. So, How old was this intern? Pardon? How old was the intern? He's probably in his mid-20s, pharmacy uh, intern, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. So <laughs> we we did a lot of stuff. Our, a lot of our friends ended up working there. We learned, we met, we uh, really learned how to interact with adults there. And one thing I loved about my dad was that he um, was very protective of us. If we had a customer that was rude or um, being unreasonable with any of us, he would basically tell him. To leave his store and that's pretty impressive and our mom was just she stayed at home and kind of was there when we needed her um so it was, it was nice pretty nice growing up we weren't lds in an lds community so that was a challenge but because i had so many sisters we were able to just play with each other and we we had all outside friends too but it was a little bit of a challenge Oh, I went to college out of high school and got my um, bachelor's in nursing. And then after that, met Gary and started working before I met Gary. But yeah, that's kind of my basic. Okay, Gary, your turn. Tell us a story up until you met Nancy. Ooh, there we go. I grew up in Wisconsin. Um, Was a big fan of the Green Bay Packers. Did you go to any games? Uh, one or two. Okay. Not a lot, but I, I was probably about seven or eight years old at that time. Um, grew up uh, kind of in a farming community. Uh, so we did a lot of hard work, a lot of gardening at our grandparents' uh, places. What did you garden? Do you remember? Uh, strawberries, raspberries, Ooh. corn, kohlrabi. Tell them the story about the kohlrabi. What is that? I don't know what that it's is. Like a, it's like a turnip, like a turnip okay. or a, like a beet. But uh, we were helping grandma in the garden one morning and, and I saw one of the kohlrabis that was about the size of a cantaloupe. And I thought, wow, I got to pick this for grandma. Wow. So I picked it and took it into the house and I said, grandma, look what I got. And she looked at me and looked at the kohlrabi and says, what did you do? I said, grandpa was going to enter that in the fair. <laughs> and I thought, oh no, you know, grandpa's going to be mad. So I told, I asked grandma, can we replant it and see it'll get bigger? She says, no, it's too late. <laughs> so I felt, I felt bad. But did you get, did you get in trouble? No, oh, I didn't. Good. I just, you know, they, I was a kid. Was but that you, grandma Roma? you didn't win the fair. I didn't win the fair. <laughs> yeah. Was that grandma Roma? Yeah. Oh. Grandma Roma. 
and they used to have a tavern just outside of Howard's Grove. And uh, my grandpa was a pro bowler. Um, he had like 18 registered 300 games back in the day. 18 of them. Yeah, he was a great bowler. And they ran the tavern. It was a big college college bar. And uh, I mean, a lot of my uncles worked there as pin, pin setters, you know, for the bowling alleys. And we just so grew up how, in that environment. A lot of, lot of work. Yeah. Pin setters. So like pin setters. How, how long ago was that? Boy, this was probably 50 years ago, you know, 50, uh, maybe 50, 55 years ago. But that was a neat place to neat place to grow up. You know, you learned a lot, you know, and we'd help clean the tavern on weekends. And Grandpa said, whatever change or money you found on the floor from the night before, it was yours to keep. So that's how we made our money. That's a good tip. Yeah. I like it. Well, we worked hard sweeping you, floors. Did you get paid at all? Or was that it? No, that was it. <laughs> that was it. But uh, no, it was fun. We had a good time doing that. And then my dad uh, went, was going to school at the time for... Uh, Become a become a physician, and uh, my mom had pretty much help at the tavern and helped raise uh, my brothers and I. So I'm from a family of uh, three boys. I'm the oldest, and then uh, all the names. Uh, then uh, Larry is uh, he's the middle one. He's sixty, or will be sixty, and Jerry is fifty eight, going on fifty nine. So, so it's Gary. Larry, Larry and Jerry. And Jerry. Larry, Larry, Jerry. And our dad's name is Harry. Oh. And uh, my brother just got recently married to a woman named Sherry. There you go. Keeping it in the family. That's right. I'm the outlier. So uh, while my dad was going to school, um, you know, we were just raised by my mom, met a lot of neat people in grade school. Uh, met, an er met Eric Hyden and Beth Hyden, the speed skaters. Uh that was kind of a neat experience just have from watching him in the Olympics. And when my dad graduated from, from college, um, he did his internship in Arizona. And that's how we got, to, that's how I got to Arizona. And while I was growing up, I went to high school and back in Wisconsin, uh, after my parents got divorced, um, which was a pretty emotional time for me at that, you know, at that time. And I was 11 years old and my brothers and I uh, stayed back in Wisconsin with my mom, and and Dad stayed in Arizona to set up his practice. And it was, you know, just an interesting time. So he finished high school in Wisconsin, um, uh, went on to college, spent, uh, and I couldn't make up my mind. You know, I thought I'd like to get into medicine or something like that when I was in college, but I never completed, and then decided to go into the Air Force. Spent four years in the Air Force in Utah and was a crew chief on F-16s from 79 to 84, 83. And about six months before I got out, I met Nancy. Wow. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> yeah. Tell us, tell us a little bit about the place you met. Well, um, it was interesting. My buddies and I uh, that were in the Air Force decided we wanted to go out dancing one night. And there was a club that we went to and Nancy was sitting there with her sister and, you know, these guys wanted to go out dancing and nobody was dancing. And I said, well, you know, if we're going to go out, go dancing and then we're going right. to go dancing. I saw Nancy <laughs> sitting with her sister and I said, well, I'm going to ask that girl to dance. And uh, so we danced and talked and, and uh, of course, I immediately fell in love with her. Oh, so and sweet. And went out for coffee afterwards. 
And uh, I guess she was smitten with the way I stirred her coffee or tea. I remember. Yep. But yep. then she really liked my pink shirt that I was wearing that <laughs> night. Yeah, when he walked into the bar in a pink shirt, I thought, you know, that guy is really comfortable with his sexuality. And for some reason, that was appealing to me. You know, it's just that he was comfortable in who he was. and He was you didn't, confident. You didn't wear pink shirts back then. No? Men didn't. So where did you, why'd you decide to wear a pink shirt that It night? looked good. It looked good on me. It did. <laughs> pink shirt and jeans. It did. But I never see you in, a, in pink shirts anymore. I got one in the closet, but I just don't wear it as much. It used to be white until I... Washed it with red. <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, um, right when I met her, I got in love, got orders to go to Egypt for six months to work on F4s, uh, to get them flying again, and which was kind of a neat experience. We climbed the pyramids. Wow. Um, when we were there, and six months uh, or after I got back, was uh, uh, I asked uh, Nancy to marry me. But I had to get permission from her dad first. Yep. So we went out golfing, and and uh, I'd asked her dad if I could have his daughter's hand in marriage. Gentlemen, that's how you do it. And he said no. No, <laughs> no, no. He said uh, he said yes, and you know that he'd be honored. And he said, please take her take her off his hands. So I said, no problem, I can do that. <laughs> get her out of here. <laughs> What's but, one thing that's neat is we had a really neat courtship because when he was gone to Egypt, we wrote back and forth and it was just neat to develop that friendship before he got back. Cause we'd only had one date before he left. So then we, we were married. We got back in June or July and we got married in August. Mm-hmm. So talk about a short courtship, but yeah. So it worked how, for us. Yeah. How long is it, was that courtship? Um, from, well, from July, June to, well, actually, we'll, we met in uh, January, and then we got married in August. Oh, wow. I, I, you know, I don't think I ever knew that. Yeah. It was that short. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then... Uh, After our first date, though, I told my sister I was going to marry him. I knew it. Watch mm-hmm. out. Shazam. See? There is love as a first sight. That's a thing. Yeah. It apparently. works. And then uh, after that, you know, I was trying to get back into school again, and had some health issues and then I uh, got a job with UPS and spent 30 years with them before I retired and and now it seems like they keep calling me back every fall to help them out during Christmas ever since I retired so I can't get it out of my system. Well they pay you well. So they, they'd help. It I helps. Re- I remember when we had that like retirement party at work mm-hmm. and they were because you were in charge of the safety weren't you? I was, was part of it. And they were telling stories about how you used to jump over um, the package belts or whatever that was called. The conveyor belts and the slides and what you shouldn't be doing. It's so funny. To but me. when you're in charge of safety, you do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure you don't get, you shouldn't get caught, right? But apparently. And you don't want to try to be a chef, you know, a, a Benihana chef mm. for safety committee uh, picnics. Because when you're trying to sharpen your knives, you want to make sure you keep the knives clear of your wrist so you don't cut them and have to get stitches. Did that happen to you? It happened to me. Oh, my gosh. At a safety barbecue. At a safety barbecue. I do remember that story. But it's, hey, live and learn. Okay, so you uh, got married, Mm -hmm. right? Then explain, so how many kids do you have? We have four kids that we had in six years. So it was a pretty crazy time. Yeah. 
I always, people ask me how I did it. And I often say I was a crazy woman because I was. It's Gary worked lots of hours at UPS and uh, it was a very challenging time. Mm. Lots of fun. You worked too as a nurse. So you were pretty busy on both ends. Yeah. Until I decided to stay home. Yeah. It's got to be too much. Well, it was neat. Um, I felt like, you know, as a nurse, you make good money, but you do pay a lot in childcare. And I just thought, you know, I'm, I knew one of, I knew I needed to stay home, one of us. And at that time I had more earning power than Gary, but we also decided, I knew Gary needed to be our provider. And so I stayed home because I also knew I could go back to my career and I asked, I could work part-time as a nurse, but it was important for Gary to be the provider and for us to um, make that work. And then at one point, um, I you know, we were struggling. We had two nice cars. We had, we weren't struggling because we had two good incomes. And then I decided, I realized what was happening to our kids is they were being raised by other people. Mm. And, God kind of revealed to me that I was living, we were living what people call the American dream, which is two nice cars, a nice house, you know, all these nice things. People get boats, they get lots of things that money can buy. And God revealed to me that that's the American lie and that we don't need those things. You know, we got, we went down to one car and I remember uh, taking Alex to school on a bike, Mm. you know, for kindergarten and, you know, you give up a lot, but it was, it was well worth it because, um, my, my job as a mom, my ministry as a mom, God also showed me that was to raise my kids. And that later, if I wanted a career, I could do that. But he really laid on my heart that, um, that was my ministry at the time. That's good. Well, it's good that you recognize that. And, uh, you had such a great career where you could go back. It yes. wasn't the end of the world if you left for a little while or right. you could go down to part-time and still do it. Mm-hmm. So That's a, I did not know that either. And just that whole experience for you, I mean, that could be a, a whole episode of just, you know, the American dream mm-hmm. and how, you know, you were able to give that up. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. And our pastor, Bill Thrall, um, he's with True Face now, but he said, in, in church one day, he said, um, you know, we don't have to keep climbing the ladder, you know, um, to get more and more money. We don't have to keep up with the Joneses. We can decide what our standard of living is and stay there. And, you know, sure, if you want to adjust that at some time, and then you can use any money you have left, you know, for your investments. And you can also use it if there's a ministry you want to support. But that helped us. We just needed to get refocused on what was important to us. Yeah, because you, I mean, yeah, you can get caught up in the things that don't truly matter. Right. Yeah. So, but it's interesting because what's interesting what he said is, he said there's nothing wrong with having possessions, but you have to realize what's a priority for mm-hmm. you, what's important to you, um, and especially how those things can take over your life, mm-hmm. especially when you're killing yourselves to make those things work. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. So you have two boys and two girls, mm-hmm. boy, girl, girl, boy. Yep. So when did you have your first kid? A uh, year out of college. Yep. That's Justin. Okay. Then you had a girl. Jessica. Jessica. How? Uh, that was two years later. Two years later. Okay. And then I had Lindsay four, 14 months <laughs> later. 
Yeah, I remember when I got pregnant with Lindsay, I was really mad at Gary. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> yeah, and then two and a half years later, we had Alex. Um, he was a little our little surprise, but certainly glad we had him. We just couldn't figure out how it worked. <laughs> yeah, it took us a while. <laughs> That's what uh, Lindsay's uh, neurologist said to me after he found out we were pregnant with Annalise. And he's like, after, like, because he's so like straight faced and uh, like a dry sense of humor. He looks at me straight faced and he's like, Do I need to show you how condoms work? <laughs> <laughs> no, we know. No, it's divine intervention, right? Yeah. Clearly. Uh, okay, so what? What do you want to ask him next? I want to talk to you about just your experience as working full-time with four kids and how you intentionally made, you know, that work for us um, and mom, how you're able to invest in us while working full-time. Well, I knew it was, you know, I knew I needed to be the provider. I know I wanted, you know, to be able to support, you know, my family, um, provide, you know, the best I could for him. And um, I know it was hard on mom um, with all the responsibilities she had at home. And I felt, well, you know, what, what can I do to support her? And um, it just seemed like the hours were getting more and more at work. And so I just did whatever I could when I was home. And uh, there were times I was just Thumb tuckered out and didn't have a whole lot of energy, but we made it work. I mean, it was, it was a struggle. You know, I know Nancy thought I was spending too much time at work and she needed me at home and we just had to work through that. And we did, we did. It took, took some time, but, um, but like I said, the one thing I wanted to provide was just, a, you know, somewhat of a, a comfortable living you know, that we could provide for the kids so they could, you know, go to the school, uh, you know, do things that they enjoy doing. And, uh, you know, so there were some sacrifices that need to be made. I think one thing that I know it made the biggest difference for me was um, you, we, ha we had a nanny one day a week, April. And so every Friday I was, I could go and do whatever I wanted to do. And that was, that was a lifesaver for me. You know, I, and I knew you guys were having a blast with her. Yeah. She used was pretty to, remarkable. Yeah. She had this uh, bug, this little mm -hmm. beetle and she would, uh, it was like kind of a rusty old. Yeah. Yeah. And she would let us um, dip our hand, our hands in like paint and just put our hands all over her car and just, <laughs> it was the best. I remember that memory so well. Did she have hand prints all over her car? Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah. Wow. It was the best. She was, the she was come also what kind of a clown, was right? Mm -hmm. she, yeah. Like she could make balloon animals yeah. and wow. what parties. Like a birthday clown. Yeah. yeah. Birthday clown. Yeah. yeah. That she seems was, like a pretty good babysitter. Yeah. yeah. That was a great babysitter. And what's funny is she was 18 years old when she came to work for us. And she said to me one day, she said, why do you tell the kids you're going to do something and not do it? Like a consequence? And I'm like, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Look at that wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Now, she's a very bright, you know, young woman and um, just really neat. She was a godsend, you know, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I see her. She works for UPS now and she uh, very... We just couldn't stay out of our lives. Yeah. She's very fluent in sign language, um, you know, for the hearing impaired. 
and uh, she's married. Her her husband's hearing impaired, but uh, yeah, she's a neat woman. I mean, she really was a neat girl when we had her as a babysitter, and we developed those special relationships, you know, with you guys, and of course with Nancy and I. So. Well, one thing your dad did was he took each of you on a date. Was it once? It was was it once a week, or you I, guys each had a date once a month? I, I can't no, remember. No, I think it was once a week. Okay. Yeah. So individually, he would do something. That was neat. You did that with the kids, and you, a lot of a lot of people like men um, golfed on weekends and things like that. And Gary never did because he knew it was important to spend that time with his family. He didn't do any sports that were uh, time intensive that took him away from our family. He was you were still active, but. I, well, I was a coach. That. I was a coach of the girls' soccer team. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to correct you. You were a coach for Justin and Jessica, and then when I wanted you to coach me, you were done coaching. <laughs> oh, he was like, no, no, no. I I'm think good. unless I don't remember that. Well, maybe you probably have a better memory than I. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, but I will say, um, I was thinking about this. I think about this a lot, though. That of the the dates we would get to have. And I remember we'd always either go hiking or mm-hmm. you'd ask me or Yahtzee. We'd always play. And I was, rem- I, this is one memory that I remember every detail about. I remember sitting in the bedroom and I remember how the light was shining through the window. And I don't know, you know, like when I play Yahtzee to this day, that memory always just comes to life. Hold it together. I know. I know. I'm getting emotional. Well, it's funny because we played Yahtzee last night. Yeah. That was loud and annoying. That cup was horrible. Yeah. It was so, every single time you put the dice in, it was like ear, ear piercing. piercing. Yeah. That was funny. So. I have a question. Shoot. Why didn't you use a different cup? <laughs> you know, I was thinking the same damn thing. Like, I was like, why don't we shove like a napkin or something inside? I don't know. That's it, true. We could have done it that. It just huh? didn't happen. People didn't care. They liked the noise because it's part of Yahtzee. I think Caitlin liked it more. Slamming it on the table. Yeah. Well, Dad, you were doing that too. Yeah. So give us. Okay, so during this time, you have four kids, where you work up to four kids. You are um, obviously married, working, working part-time. You know, you're kind of working through these these different challenges. What was, maybe from each of you, what was one thing that you learned kind of in that season that was a game changer? That just made it all work, if there was something. Maybe it's the same thing for both of you. But, I mean, you both kind of said it a little bit, but... Yeah, I would say they kind of said it, but if you have any other... For, well, what's in, when you have that many kids or any kids, it's easy to put your marriage on the back burner. And Gary and I, thankfully, were in counseling. And it wasn't because, you know, we were on our way to divorce or anything. We, at one point, before we ever, I met from a di- family of divorce, and so is Gary. And when we got married, we said we'd never mention that word. It would never be a part of our vocabulary. And so whenever we knew we were, you know, needed a tune-up, we would get counseling. And one thing that we were told was that we needed to take, we needed to have a date every week and that we weren't allowed to talk about our kids. So. Yeah, we've heard that a lot. That was, that was a good, for me, that helped me be able to take that intentional time with Gary. Did you actually go on a date every week? Yeah, we did. Whether it was just going for a drive or a walk or, but um, yeah, we, Definitely. I mean, I'm sure we, we missed some weeks, but sure. it was we were very intentional about that. And we did a lot of marriage retreats too. Yeah. Yep. We ended up being facilitator facilitators at the marriage retreat. So 
the stuff that we were just like the people that checked them in and made sure everybody had their room. But boy, we had that stuff drilled into our heads. I mean, we had to have a good marriage after we sat through marriage retreat 20 times. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting is we listened to a book recently where someone was talking about retreats and conferences and stuff. And they said they still didn't gain enough from those things. And my thought was, well, I wonder if you're not fully applying what you're learning, mm -hmm. right? Because we can get told a thousand things, but if you never apply any of it, then it doesn't do you any good, right? You can be told the best things in the world, but if you don't apply it, then it means nothing. Well, I think we each take away different nuggets sure. from things like that. And one of the game changer for me was um, as a Christian woman and growing up in Utah, I thought women were supposed to be really submissive to men, you know, to their husbands, because you always hear women, sure. yeah. whatever, even that. And and I'm not submissive. I mean, I'm no. I'm more assertive. So um, one thing that we were taught was that um, we need to submit to each other's strengths and protect each other's weaknesses. I remember you saying that. So I really yeah. had to allow... Um, your dad to really put a limit on me because I could overcommit and do too many things. And he had to put a lot of times, you know, rein me in and I let him. Yeah, no, that's good. And I think that that's a powerful statement. Yeah. And um, it's not, what am I trying to say? It's not that you are letting the person control you, but you understand that you're a team. Right. And that's, I mean, even in sports, for example, it's the mm -hmm. same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to understand each other's strengths and weaknesses and, you build the team to cancel out your weaknesses, so to speak, mm -hmm. and have more strengths. Mm -hmm. So, Gary, what about you? What about me? Any any main no, takeaway? I'll tell you what, the one thing that I really enjoyed most out of our marriage uh, was certainly, you know, just being intentional with each other. And, uh, but the one thing that really sticks out in my mind is your mom's humor. She likes to play, play practical jokes on me. <laughs> Further legendary. <laughs> she, she is. I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, the one thing I probably, that sticks out in my mind the most is when I was working for Amazon one, one Christmas. And, you know, I made my lunch and, you know, left work and, you know, worked uh, up till lunchtime and took my lunch break and I opened up my, my cooler to have lunch and right sitting on top of all the food was Nancy, your mom's dirty slipper. <laughs> and... I had people oh looking at me thinking, what the heck do you have in your lunchbox? And I said, it's my wife's idea of a practical joke. <laughs> so good. And so, so good. When Did you I, think it was funny? I thought, <laughs> yeah, I did. I had a big old smile on my face. And I figured it'll... You but, didn't wonder where that came from. Huh? No, I didn't. I knew. <laughs> you who instantly put knew. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, when I, when I left, left work that night, I had to go back through security. And they had to open up the lunchbox to see what was inside to make sure I wasn't taking anything. And again, I had to explain to the guards what, you know, what a dirty oh, slipper hilarious. was doing in my... That's so funny. In my lunchbox. And so you got double duty out of that oh, job. Yeah. And then there was a time when she took a, um, a motion detector. Or not a motion detector, but a, mo a motion censored um, Christmas decoration or something. And so I left the house one morning and she had stuck it on the front door. So when I left and it was dark out, it was probably about four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. That's and great. this thing goes off singing, I wish you a Merry Christmas <laughs> and scared the crap out of me. 
And I thought, oh, brother, here we go again. That's great. And so, and there's been other times when she's played practical jokes on me. And, and uh, yeah, so I think, you know, humor mm-hmm. is such a wonderful thing to have in a marriage, you know, and uh, just to be lighthearted, you know, enjoy each other. Uh, you can make fun of each other <laughs> in a loving way. And I can, I can never seem to repay her, you know, the way she's, I'm trying, but it's not working. I don't know. She always get, beats me to the, beats me to it. So the Padawan has not become the master yet. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's right. You're super witty. And I don't know. Did you get that? I got uh, that from my dad. I was going to say, yeah, my dad was funny and always had something, a comeback. So I learned that from my dad. Yeah. So it runs in the family, dad. I don't think you can well, over, yeah, well, really get her back. You know, it was funny because when dad, my dad had taken me to San Diego one year for my birthday. And, uh, you know, he had a boat down there and we were going out for dinner one night and he gave me a my birthday gift and it was a shirt and a nice pair of shorts. And so, you know, I thought I'd wear them when we went out that night. And we were sitting at the at the bar having a drink and... And I told dad, I said, you know, these shorts are so comfortable, they could probably pass for boxer shorts. And, uh, you know, so my dad went back to the store the next day to check it out. And sure enough, they were boxer shorts. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I, I, was wearing a, I was wearing a shirt and boxer shorts <laughs> out, out for dinner that night. And, and I thought, what the heck, you know. But do you think he knew secretly? I don't think so. I don't. I, I know. I, I was like, would Grandpa do that to you on purpose? But. I don't think he would intentionally do that. I thought it, he probably thought it was a nice. You sure, outfit. he didn't talk to Nancy first. <laughs> that might have been, you know. I, I would wouldn't do it. put it past her. <laughs> or she picked it out for him. Oh yeah, yeah. this will be great. Um, okay, so let me ask you this. So, in marriage, if you would like to share your biggest challenge and how you either overcame, you know, some, some advice for surviving that challenge or something to that extent. Okay. For me, um, this is, this is kind of an emotional subject. So growing up, my parents' marriage was not good. And there were times when there was unfaithfulness. And so I actually, when I got married, I actually believed all men cheated and so for, it took me a long time to trust Gary that he wasn't going to do that. And he, you know, he never gave me any indication or, you know, anything like that. But it, it really took me a long time to trust him. And, um, but through his faithfulness and patience. But I think that for me was the biggest challenge. Wow. Gary? Oh. What about you? You got anything on the top of your head? Um... I guess, you know, the intimacy, I mean, finding the time to be intimate with each other and, um, in a loving and caring way, you know, and I wanted to, again, maybe protect her weaknesses, um, and just honor her strengths and just being the loving husband that I should be, you know, and I know what God, you know, expected out of a loving husband um, and I wanted to model that. But I would say intimacy is a big deal. 
when you have four kids and you're tired, it's a big deal. And I, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I can't give you any advice. Well, that's something that even as us, that we've been ex- have experienced, you know, where life gets busy, you know, you have kids and you just have to do it sometimes. No pun intended. <laughs> just do it. Just make it that. happen. <laughs> no, I think that's, uh, that's excellent. Did you want to give any thoughts on that? Um, no, but I do want to go over the, their joys and their pride and joy right now. Which is what? Being grandparents. We'll, we'll get there. I think we have some other questions first. Oh, okay, fine. We'll save that for the last because that's like a, a fun point to end on. Okay. So what, uh, okay, so let's, let's shift into kids. Mm-hmm. I think that you guys um, shared some amazing things just about marriage and making it a priority and um, that you have to work at it. It's not, it just doesn't come to you. What, uh, with your children, what would you say just as parents maybe was your biggest challenge? like navigating the waters? Well, with with four young kids and even uh, teenagers and, you know, adolescents and teenagers, it was interesting because people used to say, oh, wait till they're teenagers, you're going to hate it. Well, I never, there was never a time that I didn't love being a parent, being a mom, um, because I think each stage was different. And I, for me, the greatest challenge was figuring out how to have time for each of the kids and I read that the book, um, the love languages. Uh, oh, the, for, fi- the five love languages for kids. Oh, for kids. Yeah, okay. mm. and that really helped me because uh, I I could identify each of the kids' love languages, and then um, if they became whiny or needy, I could just take a half hour and focus on that love language. Like your love language, Lindsay, is time, Even quality then. time, and so I knew sometimes I just need to take Lindsay out. For an ice cream or, and even now, some, sometimes I have to make sure we connect and just that time on the phone with Lindsay living in Utah. Pretty sure she talks to you more than she talks to me sometimes. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, that was my, my biggest challenge was meeting the needs of four kids and they're all individual. They all have different needs, um, academically, physically, spiritually. So I would say this, you are, um, so intentional. Well, actually, both of you are super intentional. Um, I learned that from you growing up. And then I learned... You meaning your dad? Yes. Sorry. Yes. Dad was very intentional. You know, you guys worked out times for me to be with dad. And then... Um, but just how you intent... You were so intentional, both of you. And then you, mom, you know, really making a point to get that quality time with me and mm-hmm. paying attention and being aware how important really that is for kids in general. Yeah, and it's also the same thing is I help identifying your kids' strengths and protecting their weaknesses. And that's different for each child. You know, one child can handle um, conflict more than another. Or you look at it, you look at one child with stern eyes and they cry. And, you know, if, if you yelled at them, they'd fall apart. So... Let's hear it, Dad. You know, I, I've. It's so neat to have seen my my children grow. I mean, I I take a look at where they're at, you know, where they were to where they're at now, mm-hmm. and things have really changed. You know, what I may have thought of one of my daughters, um, 
that she may be a, a home girl ended up being the adventurer. And uh, which daughter is that? That's Lindsay. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And, I like uh, adventure. And my daughter Jessica, of course, she's such a wonderful mom, you know, and she just you know helps out other people. And so I am so very proud of of both my daughters, you know, and the young women they've become, you know. I mean, raising their families, their children, um, you know, and my boys, you know, the young men that they are, you know. I'm so proud of them as well, and you know them. Of course, Justin having his family, uh, he's very intentional with, of course, his wife and his his kids. Probably learned that from you. Well. I don't know. You know, I think, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, we've been blessed, you know, to, I guess, to set a foundation, mm-hmm. you know, for our children to follow. And it's neat to see, you know, where they've taken it. And uh, I couldn't be prouder as a parent. I really couldn't. There's, you know, we've had our challenges along the way, you know, to work through. Uh, and we still have those challenges, you know, from time to time. But, uh, I think the love that we share amongst our family, amongst our children, and uh, of course now their their spouses, their families, uh, it's neat. It's really neat. It's just it's a gift from God. It really is. One thing I will say is that I feel like as I've gotten older, I've recognized your affirmations more than I ever did before. Hmm. Because you do you'll you often tell me that how proud you are of me. Um, and that just means so much to me. And I re- so I was reading this letter that you had written me when I went, I was on my way, I think, to Africa. And you just wrote this letter that said those same words. And, um, and so just really recognizing it now more than ever has been um, really cool, I'd say. Yeah, she had me read it. And uh, even, it's funny with you two, I think... One of the things that I have seen is that the humor aspect is so big. It's so weird because you you wrote something about bagels that she stole your bagels and took them to Africa. <laughs> but it's just it. I think people don't realize that it it's almost like a uh, I don't know what I'm looking for, but it's almost like a uh, when you see it, it reminds you of all the other things that went on, or to not take life too seriously. Um, and that's one thing that I've appreciated about you two a lot is, uh, you are very intentional. And I think that's clearly something that your kids saw and are trying to replicate themselves. So let me ask you this. I thought of this question now seeing your adult children, how much would you say the way they turned out was either nature versus nurture? Like how much of it was just them supposedly? And how much of it was actually your influence over them that they turned out the way they were? Maybe I should answer that question, but you I'll can let them. you follow up with yeah. it. You okay. follow up. What's interesting is that all the kids are so different, and they have different um, temperaments, per- personalities, likes, dislikes. Oh, and as far as nature, they definitely all had different, like I said, personalities. And then it's just a matter of molding that and guiding them along the way, taking their na- their nature into account as you nurture them. It's good. Yeah. So it's, it's a combination. God made each of my kids unique and special and don't love one more than the other. You appreciate each of them in different ways. And 
take into account who they are. Anything to add to that, Gare? I don't. I think she hit it right in the the nail on the head. Yeah, I think it's. I like that. You bet. Well, I think we had a lot of um, positive influence in our lives. You taught me, Dad, what hard work looks like. And I'm going to get emotional, but that's all right. Um, I remember when we'd go on a hike in Utah when we were little and, um, or maybe just hard work and endurance, I'd say you, we were hiking and I was like, I'm so tired. I just want to turn around. And you're just like, you just don't stop. Just put one foot in front of the other. It doesn't matter how fast you go. And that's just like such good practical advice that I, I honestly think I apply it to a lot of my life. And then mom, I think you just taught me how to fight. Fight, fight with each other yeah. or no, fight? No, 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 no. Okay, you, you take a quick break. Fight, regain fight. yourself. No. You're good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, um, keep going. And like that life is, there are, there are seasons. It's not mm-hmm. just like hard your entire life. Mm-hmm. You got to recognize it's a season and that... Um, there's always, there's always an end in sight. So just to, to continue to um, have that tenacity, have that fight in you to endure. Mm-hmm. Both of you very much taught me endurance, I would say. So. Yeah. And you said that in uh, that episode about your story, episode eight, get back on the horse, go yes. listen to it. Mm-hmm. Lindsay talks about those exact things that she learned from her parents about um, how to get back on that horse when uh, life kicks you off. So Absolutely. it's just amazing how those little things about going on a hike and saying one little thing will stick with your child forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's really amazing how, I mean, even if a negative thing you say to your kid can affect them in mm-hmm. a similar way. Um, and so, uh, I'm starting to see that a lot, yeah. even just with a two-year-old. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think the nurture part of me is um, played such a huge impact in shaping me and molding me who mm-hmm. I am was who I am Mm -hmm. and obviously taking into account who we are, you know, our strengths and weaknesses. But, um, I think I function definitely more out of the the nurturing part of what you guys instilled in, instilled in me. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So, okay. So let's kind of, let's kind of bring this home. Um, what, I mean, you, I mean, we kind of touched on this, but maybe it's slightly different. What do you think your biggest lesson was um, that you learned when parenting or marriage that kind of influenced your life overall? It can be either or. That's a big question. That's a really big question. Do you want to go first, Gary? (laughs) No, he doesn't. Oh, boy. Biggest lesson. To rely on the Lord. Um, Amen. There were... Many times the Holy Spirit taught me things that I had never heard from anybody else. You know, one time one of my kids was a little farther from, I was far from God and I was so distressed about it. And God said to me, he said, you be his mom, I'll be his God. You know, he said, "Um, let me be his Holy Spirit. And he said, I will woo him to me just like I wooed you. And it freed me to be his mom and let God take care of the rest. So I, I think the biggest thing I learned was to be faithful in what God asked of me. 
and um, the, to rely on the Holy Spirit to let me be the parents of my kids, not other people. Everybody's going to have advice, and um, it's important to have influence and um, advice from other people. But it's also there's a lot of unsolicited advice that we don't we don't need to listen to. I need to listen to God. I needed to listen to God direct me in my marriage and with our kids. Oh, good. That's like, boom. Yeah. Mike, don't drop the mic, but mic drop. Yeah. Boy, that's a that's a tough one to follow. That is. You know, I uh, answer, ask me that question again because I don't. Okay, so what would you say is the biggest lesson you learned? in life uh, while parenting and or in your marriage? You know, being a provider, you know, I, I, I found myself, uh, I found myself relying on me, you know, to provide for my family. You know, not that I didn't believe in God, I did. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, I know, I could, I always knew when I had the Holy Spirit in me, I could feel it. I mean, it just, uh, you know, it more or less swelled up in me. Um, and then there's been times where I don't feel anything and where I think I've kind of relied on myself. Um, but yet I've always known that he's been there. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, take it away. It's yours. And, you know, I'm waiting for, you know, for answers that, uh, or for cures to happen, and they don't. And I'm thinking, well, maybe it's not my timing. You know, it's all in God's timing. And so I just have to rely on him, you know. And it's just, uh, that's been tough. You know, so, I, you know, I just uh, have to be faithful about it. Rely on him, you know, and move on. So. I'm get all weepy in here. I know. This is good. <laughs> so, so good. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. What, uh, you want to ask this question? No, no. The do's and don'ts of parenting. You don't want to, you want to, you just want to ask the, the, I do. the grandparent. Time, okay. Time to talk right, about hold it. on. We're almost there. You want to get, because you want to hear about Shabbat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when it comes to par parenting, give maybe if you have some, like either some of your best do's and don'ts. Either or, or both, or just maybe something that has popped into your head during this conversation that uh, you felt was really impactful. Uh, one big don't is don't compare your children. Don't say, you know, so-and-so does this and you do that. But celebrate who each of them are separately. And remember, God didn't make little copycats of them, for, you know, so don't um, compare your children. Also, I would say, um, again, just do celebrate who each of them are and um, get advice from other people when you need it. Take time when you need it away, because if I'm not healthy, I cannot be a healthy mom. I've spent a lot of time in counseling just so I could be a better wife and mother. And uh, so I, I believe that's it, is to focus on myself um, so that I have something to give. That's good. Yeah, that's you, can't, uh, you can't give if you're empty. Right. That's excellent. Uh, for me, it's being just being intentional. 
No, I always truly believed in unconditional love. Um, accepting children for who they are. And like Nancy said, you know, don't compare. Just accept them for who they are. You know, make sure you take the time to listen to them. And I always thought of myself as a good listener. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let, let them speak. You know, let them speak their mind. And then once they're done speaking, then you can talk about it. Yeah, and the, as far as the don't side, you know, don't be too quick to react. Mm-hmm. I guess is, um, you know, there's something behind their behavior, mm-hmm. and be patient. You know, and it'll come out. We asked um, when we were first young parents. There was a couple of the messengers at church that I really admired how they parented. They had five kids. And I asked um, her that. And I said, "What you know? What do you have a piece? One big piece of advice?" And she said, "Major on the m- majors and minor on the minors." And so that was I, I took that to heart. You know, if they wanted to, you know, it just it's is it a character issue, or or is it a rebellion issue? You know, if it's a character issue, that's different, and you need to mold and guide. You know, more than if it's just a outright defiance so sure okay i have one last question okay i just want to comment on that i do it is um i never felt like you ever could compared me either of you that um i always felt you loved me in spite of struggles that i had um and you you like you celebrated my strengths Mm -hmm. That was that was a big thing. I remember you both good. celebrating my strengths, and then um, you you were a good listener, and you are a good listener. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely correct in everything that you've really said, and the um, advice that you've kind of shared. Yeah, no, I oh, so good. Okay, last question: If you were to pe- uh, tell parents. One thing, new parents, brand new parents, what would it be? About parenting or about marriage? Anything. Life, marriage, um, your kids. Just like one, if you only had time to tell them one thing, what would it be? You go first. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, dad, you got it. Good advice. Brand new parents? Yes. Okay. New parents. Be accepting of each other, and and your and your kids. If you have, I guess, if you have, if you're newly, you know, new parents too. But I would say be accepting of each other, which means includes love and being patient, being kind, being a good listener. Be accepting. Yeah, the first thing I would say for brand new parents out of the hospital, get help. <laughs> Let people help you. Good. Because being sleep deprived. Is horrible, especially on the woman. And then the man sleep deprived and you're short with each other. Um, I'd say take that help. Get it. You need mm-hmm. your sleep. That's the number one priority. Well, I mean, my parents both came out for like, my dad came out, I think, with our first one for a week or two. And then you stayed, I think, four more weeks. 
And then with Annalise, you were only able to, I don't know if it was one or two weeks, but you stayed. I mean, because you knew how hard it was, you knew the help that you both could be in that time, for sure. Yeah. And thanks for letting us help. <laughs> well, that's, that's a big deal. That's, <laughs> that's my piece of advice to let people help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, not only seek help, but let people help. And I mean, we have a lot of new people in our church or parent people about to become new parents in our church. And I just say it's mental torture in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You feel like you feel like you're going insane. Um, then you have to get help, whether it's just people babysitting or whatever. So, all right, let's land this plane. Let's talk about your favorite topics, your grandkids. Um, go ahead, babe. Okay. Both of you guys, who is your favorite grandchild? <laughs> Just kidding. The next one joke. you're going to have. <laughs> <laughs> Jill's kidding. Um, what is, you know, it's basic. What's your, what's the one thing that you love most about being grandparents? That we're able to hug and squeeze the crap out of them. Just, lo- you know, just loving them and, and watching them grow and seeing their different personalities. And um, it's so neat. You know, how the, how, you know, you guys and not just you, but, you know, Justin and Caitlin and Joss and Jessica are really, are really, you know, training their, or raising their kids. You know, all you guys are doing such a wonderful job and it's so neat to see them, you know, develop, grow up, you know, it just, and of course, squeeze and hug and crap, the crap out of them and kiss them and. Um, you know, just love on them, you know. I say that being a grand a grandparent is the icing on the cake. Can't until you are a grandparent, you cannot understand it. And Gary and I were talking about what is the difference? I mean, why is it it's so freeing and it's just this this love that pours out of you and you love your kids, this is just different. And we, we finally came to realize it's because not every decision we make is impacting their future and their character. You know, we just get to wow. pour love into them. You guys have mm. to deal with the character <laughs> issues. <laughs> and All the, the other stuff. And the temper tantrums. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's very fulfilling. Yeah. Okay. Before you ask the last question, I uh, just want to take a quick pause and... Thank you for listening to Confessions of Us. Uh, You can check us out on all major podcast platforms. Uh, Anyone that's your favorite, head over there, follow, subscribe, leave a review, uh, and be sure to share the podcast with anybody who think you would gain value from it. We want to invite as many people as possible to the journey. And uh, thanks for listening. All right, Linz, what's this last question? All right, the last question is, I mean, we do have the responsibility to raise our children, but what's something that you can purposefully invest in them, whether that's like love, how to love or, um, you know, some, some nugget that you get to invest in them and then they can take with them the rest of their life. In a sense, I'm not sure if this is what you're going for, but, uh, for, for myself, when we first started having grandkids, I would intentionally try to spend time with each one alone every week. Well, as we, now we have seven grandchildren in eight years. And so that's not so po- that's not quite possible, but I do try to be intentional um, and spend time with the grandkids, each of them, um, maybe in a group, but every week I try to 
the ones that are here, John and Lindsay are up in Utah, but we FaceTime with them a lot. But I, I think it's, again, it's the intentional time with them. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I know Nancy does an outstanding job of spending the quality time with the kids, you know, doing little crafts and things like that. And whatever time I have, you know, it's, uh, you know, whether it's building something out of Legos or, or swimming with them or just doing other activity, uh, bike riding, things like that. You know, it's... Well, you spent an hour with Siobhan on the trampoline yesterday. Oh, yeah, well, did. That, too. <laughs> that was so good. That was so um, fun. But yeah, just just spending quality time with them. You know, whether just um, cuddling with them, reading them, to, reading them a book, uh, playing catch with them, or playing washoes with them, uh, that sort of thing. Meeting them on their level. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it is just developing that relationship with them. Yeah, I will say this real quick. Um, how my mom was saying that she spent, tries to spend as much time as she can. She helped one of my nieces make a quilt mm. for another niece. Mm-hmm. And they, they love that, right? Yeah, Esther's yeah. made two quilts and Austin's making his first. So awesome. le- they've learned how to sew on the sewing machine. So. That's awesome. And dad teaches them how to jump and how to throw, throw a ball. How to have a good time. That would be crazy. Okay. Good. Well, that was Confessions of Us. Uh, we are not going to take up any more time because this was a long one. Uh, but uh, after we're off the air, we're going to see if we can get some books and or resources that these, these two recommend. And we will be um, putting them in the show notes. We'll put them in the, put them in the description on YouTube. Um, Nancy mentioned the five love languages for kids. Uh, obviously, the five languages in general for adults is excellent. Uh, but we'll link some of that stuff in there, so be sure to check that out. Um, but uh, I think I think that's it. Anything else you want to say, babe? Nope. All right. This is John. This is Lindsay. And this is Confessions of Us. Bye. Thanks. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Confessions of Us Podcast. Also, send us any questions you may have to Confessions of Us Podcast at gmail.com.